The next couple weeks, I'm going to think out loud a little bit. And I'm going to ask you to just uh, hang in there with me because what I'm going to... I've told you a couple weeks ago that there is, there's no way that I can, I can give you a message and it come from God unless it has first planted seeds within my heart. Unless it's first take, taken root within me. And so I can't give you something that I haven't already um, be either been confronted with because the Lord confronted me with it or because the Lord has imparted it into me. So tonight, what I would like to th- just think out loud just for a minute, and I want to take you along for a little theological adventure. How many times I've said this? Don't worry, God's in control of everything. Is He in control of the 50 million aborted baby- babies that happen in this country every year? Is He in control... When the multi-billion dollar porn industry and the drug lords continue to prosper in this country? Is he in control when evil dictators rape and murder and kill their citizens? Is he in control when 150 million sex slaves, some of them little children, are are being participated in this, this country and around the world? When Category 5 tornadoes rip through a peaceful community in Kansas... God's just trying to wake up America. But the gay pride parade continues. Nudity, sexual acts, posters of mockery of the Last Supper continue. Consider the already poor nations that we see around the world. They're gripped by poverty. They're hit by cyclones, floods, tidal waves, and all kinds of things. And the church says... God's judgment is on those countries, those backward people. But Hollywood continues to stand tall. In fact, they send their filth all over the world. In Mozambique, horrible destruction has hit that region again and again and again, while Las Vegas continues to prosper. Some say Katrina was a judgment on New Orleans. But tons of communities, churches, God-fearing people lost their lives and everything they had. While in other wicked places, wicked rulers are prospering and getting away with murder. Oil countries that promote Muslim beliefs continue to grow in wealth. Is God in control? How do we explain when when bad things happen to godly people? Did God cause it? When a young man from our community is run over by a, a drunk driver just down the road, was God in that? Is he in control? Or are they doing this outside of his control? I want to offer to you tonight... Something different than probably we've ever heard before. And I know some of you guys are going to say, He's blaspheming God! (laughs) But I want you just to take a venture with me just for a minute. God is all-powerful. He's omnipotent. He is all-knowing, omniscient. 
He is sovereign. No one tells him what to do, how to do it. He answers to no one outside of himself. When I say God, he's not in control, am I taking away something from God? Am I taking something away from his character? Not everything that comes at us is from God. Our battle is with an enemy of our soul. If God is control, why would we ask, why would Jesus ask us to pray against these things? It would be as though we're double-minded. Well, if God brought this upon me, then how can I pray against it? If the things that we've seen going on in our community are God's in control of those things, why do we pray against them? God's will. Let me just take you on a venture here. It's 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. His will is that none would perish. Is that happening today? Is God in control of those who are perishing today? Why would He tell us to evangelize when it was His will? It would just happen. We wouldn't need to do anything. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, it says, This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. The New Living Translation says this, Today I have given you a choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth as witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life, so that you and your descendants might live. God has given us a free choice, a free will. I'm going to ask you, Ken, hang in there with me. I know some of you guys are going, man, I don't, even, I, I don't know if I can believe this. This is something I've never heard before. God is self-sustaining. He know, needs nothing to exist outside of himself. As with us, we need food, we need water, we need shelter, we need all these things to exist. But with God, he is self-sufficient. He needs nothing outside of himself. However, he has choose, chosen to commune with man, made in his image, made for his good pleasure, the Bible says. Not to be a robot. God could control us. He can make all of us do exactly what he wants us to do. In fact, I've said it the last couple of weeks, I've said that if God was to come in all of His splendor in our midst on Tuesday night, we would have no choice, but we would involuntarily worship Him. We couldn't help ourselves. The Bible says that at every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I will tell you right now, if He came in the room, we would have no choice. You could not do it voluntarily. It would be an involuntary action. You would fall on your face and you begin to worship. But God didn't want robots. In the Garden of Eden, He gave them a free will. He said, you can eat of any tree except for this one. And He didn't fence it off. I thought to myself, God, why didn't you just fence it off? That would save us a lot of hassle. We wouldn't be where we are today. Fence it off, just tell them to stay away. 
That's what we do today. We barb wire it and keep people out. God does not out- act outside of his character. God is love. However, he is also just. I want you to think about this. Think about a judge who's, who's getting ready to possibly have to sentence his son who's committed murder. His love says, I want to let him go. But being a just judge, he has to render the verdict according to what is prescribed. I want you to understand this tonight, that God is love. We hear that, and we love to hear that God is love. But I want you to understand that God is also just. And not one overrides the other. He still requires justice. His love may say, I would love to welcome you in the kingdom. But his justice says there's only one way you're going to get here, and it's through Jesus Christ. Who is in control of our destiny? You are. Jesus gave us access to grace. He gave us a free will, a choice. He didn't make it happen for us. He said that we can make that choice. I decide if I want to be saved or not. I choose Him or I deny Him. I am the master of my destiny. Once I'm saved, if I decide to live for Christ or be lukewarm, it is my choice. It's not up to God. Hmm. Let's make Greg lukewarm and let's make Scott on fire. He doesn't do that. He gives us the opportunity. I decide if I will seek his face and pray. I decide what's going to happen in my church. Is he the one? Is God behind all the lukewarmness, the powerlessness, the ordaining of homosexuals, the prayerlessness, the sin? Or is it free will that's at work? So how is God in control then? He's a sovereign king, but in his sovereignty, he has given us a free will. He will judge the earth. You want to, you want to, you can, you can, you can do what you want, but there is coming a day of judgment. He is in control, but he's holding back his power until a certain day when he will come back and take full control. And when he comes, we will love it. Pastor Mike so that you guys don't think I'm treat, preaching heresy. <laughs> Pastor Mike preached this message a while back. And he said in his sermon, he says this, I believe God has regulated his activity on earth during this gr- dispensation of grace to an invitation only. By invitation, I mean by prayer. When tribulation comes, it will not be by vi- invitation, but it will be by predetermined judgments when they're released. It has been stored up in wrath. Bill Johnson says this, God has apparently given himself a self-imposed restriction to act in the affairs of man in response to prayer. He has chosen to work through us. We are his delegated authority here on earth. Let's hear what he says. Not everything that comes at us is God's will. We have confusion, one of our biggest areas of confusion in the church is concerning the sovereignty of God. We know that God is all-powerful. We know that 
that he is in charge of everything. But with that, we make a mistake in thinking he is in control of everything. There's a difference from being in charge and being in control. If you think he is in control of everything, then you have to believe that Hitler was his will. That he was just going to work it for his purposes. Why would God raise something up to be his will that he empowers you to pray against? You've got a split personality. You've got the father working against the son, the son working against the father. So you have to understand that God has created a system where humanity gets to live and through partnership we get to demonstrate and manifest the dominion of God in the earth. He comes at our invitation because he has released the dominion to us. That's why prayer is so essential. The love of God is unconditional. But His favor and blessings are not. There are 1,270 ifs in the Bible. If, I-F. If you will do this, then I will do that, God says. So who is in control of what's being done? You are. If you don't do this, then I will do this. God absolutely invites us to blessing upon blessing. If... We do what He tells us to do. God absolutely promises to judge if we continue certain activities. Who is control? Who's in control? We are. There are two kingdoms at work. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. If God's will is done, it is up to us with Him to see that it's done. Are you seeing that it's being done? We hold the keys to history. We are the releasers of God's will. The earth grows in frustration. Romans 8.19 says, For creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration. The King James Version says futility. Not by its own choice but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into freedom and glory of the children of God. The word frustration or futility there means purposelessness, emptiness, aimlessness, nonsense because it's transitory. I want you to think about that temporal For creation was subjected to frustration because it's temporary. Guys, do you understand that where we live today is temporary? This place is passing away. This earth has been subject to frustration, futility, because of man's sin. If God is in control, why does He give us His power? Why does He give us His name? Why does He give us His authority? The earth is in a state of decay, just like our bodies. Global warming is not a result of us. It's a result of the frustration of the world, the futility of this world. It's decaying. I'd like to tell Gore about that. 
Genesis 3.17 says, God cursed the ground. Pain and toil, thorns and thistles, the sweat of your brow. From earth you came and from earth you will return. His plan was that man could enjoy the garden. Once man stepped out of God's plan and His will, everything changed. God in His grace, though, still gave man hope, mercy, and grace. Right away we see Him making garments out of skin for them to cover them. The earth became frustrated. Man became frustrated because of sin. But I want you to understand today that Satan has legal right to be here. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. The God of this age has blinded the, the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. John 4.4, 4, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Who's the God of this world? It's obvious there, isn't it? Matthew 4.8, Jesus was being tempted. And Satan shows him all the kingdoms of the world. He says, these can be yours if you would just bow down. Jesus never confronts him on it and says, you don't have these kingdoms. Jesus assumes it because he does. This is his place. This is his domain. He has legal right to be here. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. The rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Psalms 115.16 says, The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth He has given to the children of men. The NIV says, The highest heavens belong to the, the Lord, but the earth He has given to mankind. The heavens are the Lord's, Psalms, Psalms 89.11 says. The heavens are yours. The earth is also yours. The world in its fullness, you have founded them. The earth is the Lord's. He made it. He sustains it. But He gave it to the sons of men, that's us, to steward it. He is the owner. We are the stewards. Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it, to steward it. We can steward it well, or we can be outright evil, rebellious against the owner. Remember the parables that Jesus told? This is the place we dwell in. This is the physical realm. This is the earth. God created it. He established it. However, He has given it to us to steward. And you probably say, well, why are you even telling us this? The reason I want to tell you this is because you know what happens in our lives? Because we think God is in control of everything. All we have to do is sit back and just watch it happen. It doesn't work like that. God called us to steward this world. He's called us to pray. He's called us to fast. He's called us to come against the enemy. God is blamed for things that should rightly be blamed on the devil. I believe that with the phrase, God is in control, God has been blamed for countless things the devil did, the countless things that sin caused, the countless things that the earth's groaning produced, and for countless things God weeps because they are not His will. This is not His will. What we see taking place is not His will. 
Let me tell you the evils that have come out of the phrase that God is in control, it being misused, used wrongly. Number one, God's name has been misaligned countless times. Persistence, number two, persistence is prayer, in prayer is destroyed. Warfare, intercession, is rendered unnecessary. Number four, laboring for the cause of Christ is unnecessary. Number five, sin is given an excuse to stay. Six, sickness is given a pass on staying. To the extreme, even evangelism is evil. Now then there's this problem, Greg. There's this problem with Scripture like this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. In Him we were chosen. We have been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with His purpose and His will. The Greek word there is pro-oridos. And it means this, to establish boundaries. God, and, and when you add the pro part to the beginning of it, it means this, to pre-establish boundaries. Before creation, God pre-established a plan. God sets up limits so that ultimately He is in charge, just like Bill Johnson says. God is not in control, but He is still in charge. God foreordained that Israel would be the chosen people. However, that never negated their obligation to obey and follow after Him. I want you to understand this because I think some of us, we read these scriptures. In fact, people will get on this predestination kick and they'll get us all confused because they think to themselves, okay, well, I have to be careful because maybe it's already happened for me and maybe it hasn't happened for me and maybe I'm not one of those that's going to be in the, in, in the place and, I'm, and what am I going to do now? To pre-establish boundaries. Having been, in Him we were chosen, having been pre-established in boundaries according to His plan. Think about that just for a moment. He, told, he said in Deuteronomy 30, 19, I set before you life and death. Choose life. God, Israel was God's ordained people. But they still had a choice to make. We see it all through the Bible. They made the wrong choice plenty of times. God is giving us all opportunity. He has pre-selected the method for us to be saved. Listen to that, guys. He has pre... That's what I'm saying. Pre-established the boundaries. He has pre-selected the, the avenue for us to be saved. He has pre-selected the boundaries. He has pre-selected who would be saved by those who would listen and obey. God has given us all the opportunity. God does not allow different ways to reach Him. There is one method. There is one way. There is one place that we can go to get to Christ. To get to God, and that's through Christ. This is where that part of what I was talking about before, God's love and His justice comes in. God's love says, I want everybody to be saved. I want them all to come in. But His justice says, there is only one way that you can get there. And that's through Christ my Son. He is, the, he is what satisfied my judgment. There is no other way, guys. There is no other way. There is no other higher power. 
There is no big man upstairs. And I want to just tell you, we don't want to ref- I don't even want to refer to God like that because He is so far beyond that. God is not the big man upstairs. He is personal. He is with me. The Bible says that He walks with me daily. He is with me in my life. In Him I live, move, and have my being. I do not challenge, I challenge you today that God should not be some spiritual place out there, some big higher power that we just think about. He is somebody we can know. One method, one way. His justice demands that the only way to God is through Christ. Christ satisfied that judgment. The, pre, the, pre, the prescribed route to, to God is through Christ alone. Surrender to the Holy Spirit is the only way that we can truly understand this. A yielded life to the Holy Spirit puts us on His path. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Does that mean He's already got it all set out for me and all i got to do is follow along with it? Yes, in some ways, if I follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, I can do that. But you know what happens is I get off on the, I get over here someplace and God said, listen, you're, you're supposed to be right over there. That's where my will is. That's where my plan is for you. That's where obedience exists. But you want to go over here and play around with something else then you know what happens? We get outside of where God's going with us. A yielded life to the Holy Spirit will put us on the path. Does that mean He's in total control? No. Christ displayed that yielded life. If we are yielded to the Holy Spirit, we are under His protection. We walk in His will. Do you want a road map? Or do you want a tour guide? I said this several weeks back. John 16, 13 says, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you what is about to come. I don't want a road map. I have a road map, and I love it. Okay, this, this road map right here is for us. I said it last week. Eat the scroll. Eat the scroll. We need to be devouring this Word of God. But I will tell you right now that this roadmap has to be enlightened by the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, it means nothing. It has to be illuminated. He will lead us. He will guide us into all truth. And you know what? I think that sometimes that makes us feel, ooh, that's kind of scary because you know what? That means we're going to follow after the Holy Spirit. And that could lead us into the wrong place. I will tell you this. If you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, He will lead you and guide you into all truth. You won't have to worry about where you're going. You'll walk in His will. You will walk in his play. Yielded to him. Yielded to God. I threw this in my notes. Those of us who have difficulty with the leading of the Holy Spirit, feeling like we can get onto the wrong path, then all you got to do is go check your road map once in a while. If you're in that road map, you'll know what's going on when the Holy Spirit's telling you where to go. Does it line up with His Word? Yes, it does. Then that means I'm on the right path. But if it doesn't, that road map is sending me on a different path, then I need to get back on this road map. And remember, I'm listening to the right Spirit. I'm not talking about just having faith. I'm talking about a lifestyle of faith.
I'm talking about faith that before your family crisis, you've been with God. I'm talking about a lifestyle of prayer. I'm talking about a fasting that becomes a lifestyle, not just for a miracle, not just for a one-time thing, but I'm talking about a sustained life in Christ where His divine awareness comes around us and we know what's going on because we're in the Spirit and He's walking with us and He's moving with us and He's directing our path. Remember I said many weeks ago, I said the Spirit carries Him along like the Holy Spirit begins to blow on that big old wind sail and He begins to shove us and push us in the right direction. The Holy Spirit will do that. A lifestyle of faith accesses a realm beyond this physical, beyond this world. We have access to a supernatural realm. We can bring heaven to earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Everything under, uh, operates under God's will as in control of heaven. We access the realm through prayer. It's an obedient lifestyle. I'm going to quit right there because I got more, but I got more for next week, okay? I want you to understand, guys, this concept that God is in control many times just makes us sit back and go, okay, well, I'll just watch. And if God Almighty is doing it, then how can it be anything else? Why would I need to pray? Why do I need to fast? But yet He calls us to that. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He's, he gives us commands of things to do. And you know what? When we don't walk in, that, when we walk in that unyielded spirit, then we will not find that path. But tonight, as we go to our time of worship, the first couple songs talk about surrender. And I want us to understand tonight, guys, God is calling us to surrender to Him fully and completely. He's talking about yielding our heart to Him. You want to be in His plan? You want to be in His will? Then yield your heart. Not just a little bit. He needs all of it. He needs all of it. You know what? If all we do is keep pinching off, like Buddy says to me, because he loves that message about pinching off the bread. He goes, I need the whole loaf. I don't need just a little pinch just like last week, we don't need to just have a little nibble of the scroll. We don't need just to have a little bit of it. We need to eat the scroll. We need to devour the scroll. It's our roadmap. And he's our tour guide. Guys, understand this. He's your tour guide. If we get in line with the Holy Spirit, I say this, remember I tell you this, I get in that patrol car, every time I do, I say... Body, line up with my mind. Mind, line up with my spirit. And spirit, line up with the Holy Spirit of God. Does that mean I do it every day? No. Do I get outside that? Yes. Do I get frustrated and angry and, 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 and turmoil comes and, and, and then I have to go and recalibrate myself and get myself right back on with that GPS and say, okay, here's where I need to be. Put me in the right path again, Lord. I've messed up here again, but you know what? Straighten me out. But you know what? That doesn't mean that when we, don't, when we get off the path, that doesn't mean that we're not going to have trouble and, and trials because of, of what we just did. Understand me this, Okay? But remember this, that not everything that comes at you, just like Bill Johnson said, not everything that comes at you is from God. 
We are subject to this world, the frustration of the creation, We're, the, the world, the ruler of this world. But he's given us a place. He's given us a power. That's why Jesus said, I give you all power and authority. Those of you who haven't been with us, we spend the last part of our service just worshiping the Lord. You're welcome to enter in. You can grab one of the mats if you want. You can kneel. You can pray. You can come to the altar. You can worship. But I want you tonight surrender to Him. Be yielded to the Holy Spirit. God, I want to come in line with You. Hallelujah.